Today's episode of the Mighty Parenting Podcast is sponsored by ibme.com. We know that mindfulness practices support healing and good mental health in our teens and in ourselves. IBME knows this, and they have been teaching teens mindfulness and meditation practices for years. And then last year, when COVID struck, they moved their practices online to keep supporting our teens. They're continuing online training retreats and programs, things like their monthly Rainbow Family LGBTQIA community meditations, weekly communities of color meditations, weekly live meditations, equity and interdependence community conversations, and more. Just go to ibme.com and check the calendar for the latest scheduling. And while you're on there, be sure to check out their summer retreat schedule. They're going to have both online and in-person retreats this summer, including a retreat for communities of color in their first LBGTQIA retreat. Just go to ibme.com and check the calendar. Welcome to Mighty Parenting, the podcast with real, raw, and relevant talk about raising teens and parenting young adults. Welcome to Mighty Parenting, a community where we help you raise teens and parent 20-somethings so they can become happy, successful, and emotionally healthy adults. I'm Sandy Fowler, stress relief coach for busy women and host of the Mighty Parenting Podcast. Parents, we know one thing, and that is that a strong relationship with our kids is not only a joy, it's also been shown to help them in life. It's a preventive factor. It kind of cloaks them in a little blanket of goodness. So how do we get that? How do we create connection and strengthen our family bonds? Well, Dara Kurtz has explored this in her family, and she joins us today to share what she's learned. Dara is the author of three books, including I Am My Mother's Daughter, Wisdom on Life, Loss, and Love. And her goal is to use her life experiences to help people strengthen their relationships and create more happiness and joy in their everyday lives. Dara, welcome to Mighty Parenting. Hi, I'm so happy to be here today. So Dara, a lot of your work revolves around family relationships and connecting. Why is that so important to you? There's really nothing more important to me than the relationships that I have with the people that I love the most. And I think it's just my family has always been something that I've cherished. And having lost my mom when I was 28, a few weeks after I had my first daughter, that just sort of made me realize how precious time is and how important my mom and I, the relationship that we had and how much I missed that relationship and how I wanted to make sure that I cultivated a close relationship with my daughters. So as you, you know, as you had this experience yourself and as you're looking at cultivating a close relationship with your daughters, um, who they're what now 18 and 21, I believe. Yes, correct. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So what advice do you have for other parents who are going, yes, absolutely. I want to cultivate this relationship with my child. What can we do, especially in that, you know, teens and twenties when they're older? Yeah, there's, there's so much here. How much time do we have? Um, You know, I think the first thing is to be intentional about it. If you want to have a good relationship with someone, then it needs to, there needs to be intention around that. And that means that you think about how you can connect with your child and what can you do to kind of nurture and cultivate that recognizing that there's nothing that there's no perfect relationship. 
So I'm not perfect. My daughters aren't perfect. Our relationship isn't perfect. And that's okay. We're not searching for that. We're not trying to establish that because we're not going to establish that. And so I think when we recognize that, it kind of gives us the ability to just kind of like, take a deep breath. You know, we're going to argue, we're going to have things that come up. That's just life. That's just part of it. I believe that mutual respect is unbelievably important. If I don't respect my daughters, I cannot expect them to respect me. Now that doesn't mean that I have to agree with everything that they say or do. And, and I'm not going to and vice versa, but everything that I communicate and my engagement with them it really needs to come from a place of respect. And I feel like that's super important. Another thing that I always tell parents is try to meet your child where they are. And what I mean by that is if there's someone that you, if if you have a child and your child's like, for example, really into, I don't know, um, you know, crafts, for example, and your child just like is crafting upstairs in her, his or her, her room. And then you need to, somehow decide that you want to meet your child where they are and find some interest in crafting so that you can talk to your child about that so that that can be a common interest that you sort of um, do together. And so I think it's so important to love the child that you have in front of you, not the child that you maybe in your head wanted to have. And so again, you do that by finding things that your kids are into, becoming into them yourself, you know, showing interest and doing that all through the lens of love, of course. I love that it's going to be a quote that we're going to use for the show. Every show I have, you know, a favorite quote. And I can tell you right now, that's going to be it. It's going to be love the child you have in front of you, not the child you thought you'd have. And going back to your example about crafting, I've talked with other adults about this. I have, uh, I have two girls as well, also in their early twenties. And one of them just has a very different way of going about things. She has her own drummer. She marches to that beat And some of our family members struggle with trying to connect with her, yet they love her and they want to. And that's the conversation I had is these are things she enjoys. So what can you do? You don't necessarily have to get into it and do it yourself. So for example, the crafting concept, it's not that you have to sit down and start doing crafts if you can't stand to do crafts, but you can talk to them, ask them about what they're doing, ask about their inspiration, what they want to do with it. Or another angle that you can take on it, and because we've done this in our families, you could draw them in and go, oh my gosh, you know, you make such great fill in the blank. We could, can we give these as Christmas gifts and maybe mm, work with them yeah. together, you know, Love to that. make what they're doing part of the family. And that to them says, what they're doing is valuable and you appreciate exactly. it so much that you're making that, you know, part of the family gift giving. Exactly. And, you know, people ask me all the time, my, my teen is upstairs in his or her room and the door is shut and we just aren't connecting a lot. I mean, I hear that a lot. I can't get my teen to come out of his or her room. And, you know, the other night I was thinking about this because we were, my husband and I were watching TV and my daughter was upstairs doing her homework. Um, but you know, talking on the phone and doing whatever, all the things they always do. And it was about 10 30 at night and I that's past my bedtime. But, um, anyway, I thought, you know what, 
I haven't had that daily connection with my daughter today. And I try to have a daily connection with each of my kids. My other daughter's in college. So that can be a little bit more challenging. And we could talk about that. But um, so I, I went into the kitchen and I got some of her favorite little snacks and I made a little plate of just little snacks that I know that she likes. And I went upstairs and I knocked on the door and I just said, hi, I brought you some treats. I just was thinking about you. And she said, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Come in. And so I ended up sitting on her bed and she ate the snacks. We had like a beautiful, you know, 15, 20 minute connection and it filled my heart up. That's what I needed, you know? And then I went downstairs, you know, I grabbed the plate. She'd eaten all the stuff. I went downstairs. I went to sleep. Who knows what time she went to sleep. But the point is, is that like, I had to be intentional about it. I felt like we hadn't had that connection. And so, you know, I think if parents are willing to kind of like go that extra mile, reach out, you know, cross the aisle, if you will, like try to figure out what can you do to have that connection and show your, show your kids that you do really care. I think, I think they see it and I think it really can make a huge difference. And what I hear you saying there is, yes, you needed that. You needed that connection, but the way you went about getting it was giving them something they would like or need. Oh yeah. If I had said to her, I feel like we haven't talked today. I need us to come and have this conversation. I need you to come downstairs, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that would not have been met with, that would not have gotten the desired result that I wanted, which was to have an authentic conversation. That would have been, oh my, oh, my mom is so naggy. She's so needy. You know, (laughs) what does she want now? Um, So I think just a little bit of intention can go a long way. And then it kind of ripples, right? It kind of, you get that ripple effect. And, And I think that's important. It is. And you did something else really interesting to me with your girls. You said that you did mother child journals or sharing journals. I think a lot of us probably don't even know what that is. I had never heard of it until I was reading your book. So could you, you one, tell us what it is and then how did you use that and what impact did it have on your relationship with your girls? So when my daughters were young, I felt like we needed a way to connect and have some conversations I wanted to boost their self-esteem and just maybe sometimes have a way for them to share things with me that maybe they felt like was, they didn't want to necessarily open up to me about. So I went to TJ Maxx, I got cheap notebooks and I presented it to them that we're going to have fun mommy daughter journals and they were sharing journals. And what that means is that I would write to one of my daughters from her journal and I would put it on her pillow and then she would get that, read it. And then whenever she felt like it, she would write back to me in that same journal and put it on my pillow. And there were no rules at all. And I started this when they were younger. So, you know, at the time they were pretty much willing to go along with most of the things that I suggested when they were that age. But what it did is it gave us a really beautiful way to, you know, sort of have some conversations or express things that sometimes maybe in the heat of the moment would have been hard to express or even verbally damaging because we would have been so emotional about things. And, and so it really was a beautiful way that we connected and, um, we kind of stopped that for a little while, 
But it's something that when my daughter went to college, I gave her a new journal and um, I haven't seen that journal come back to me, but um, you know, I'm still hoping that maybe one day she'll pick it up. She actually said something to me the other day, like I was cleaning out my room. She's in college. And she said, I found the journal that you gave me. Maybe we'll start it again. You know? So like she was thinking about it now, I haven't seen it yet, but that's okay. She was thinking about it, but um I think any way that we can, when we, when we say things to our kids, they don't always hear it, but when we write things to our kids, I feel like they, we, we can at least know that they're reading it and maybe they can kind of get what we're trying to say a little bit better. I'm sitting here and I'm wondering what kinds of things you would put in this type of a journal. And partially my interest is peaked because you talked about saying things in the journal that might've been hurtful if you'd said them in the heat of the moment. So how, how does the journal help when things are maybe contentious or difficult? Can you write those hard things in there? Does it always have to be nice things? Like, how does this work? Yeah. I mean, I feel like you have to be honest. Like if you want to have a close relationship with someone, you have to be completely open and honest. And I think that it's okay to say something like, um, I feel like I need to say this to you. It might be hard for you to hear, but I want you to know what I'm thinking. And I have only good intentions about telling you this. And I choose to write it here because I want to be able to have some intention around what I'm saying and not maybe fumble a little bit as I'm trying to kind of like say this to you. So I think there's definitely ways that you can do it um, and just be open and honest about it. But a lot of times, you know, we'll tell each other, um, you know, how much we love each other and how much we mean to each other or, um, you know, what's going on if my daughter's in college and um, sometimes I'll write her a letter, like if she's having some friend drama, or if I feel that she's a little bit overextended, which has been a really big theme in her life lately, um, you know, trying to help her recognize that it's okay to say no um, to doing all these extracurricular activities. I mean, there's just a lot of things. I think that parents, we have wisdom. We've been through um, a lot of things and we can share them with our kids. And when we write that, whether or not it's a sharing journal or a letter, our kids, they, they're going to, they're going to hold it. They're going to, they're going to see that they're going to at least read it maybe more so than if we said it and it went in one ear and out the other. And they didn't really like the thought didn't really at least even stay there for a second, if that makes sense. And I think when we say things, when it's verbal, there's oftentimes a combination of resistance And not really hearing what's being said because everyone's worried about what they're going to say next and how they're going to respond. Our culture is not great at listening. We don't have good listening skills, even active listening skills. So it seems like writing it down, one, they can choose when they want to look at it. They can wait until they feel that this is the right time for them instead of us picking a time that we're just going to say something. And two, they can, if it is difficult, maybe they stop, maybe they go back to it. They have time to have their emotions and process their emotions without having to deal with our emotions and our responses. So true. And also I think what I've seen with my daughters, um, they keep everything that I write to them. They save those letters. They want to have them. And so then I think it becomes a beautiful 
legacy, if you will, like, you know, love letters that you've shared with your kids throughout their lives. I mean, I think that that just becomes a meaningful thing that they have. I know that my daughter in college, she has a box in her room filled with letters that I've written to her since she's been in college. And I love that she had that. I didn't even know she had that until recently. And so I think our kids want at the bottom, at, at, at the end of the day, our kids want our approval. Most of the time, you know, they want our, they want to know that their parents value them and appreciate them and see them and all of those things. And I think, you know, taking the time to connect with someone through the written word, whether or not that's a sharing journal or a letter, it does make more of an impact than texting, you know, just texting someone, blah, blah, blah. I was just thinking, and because I know my kids, they, they receive a ridiculous quantity of texts within every hour. So any text that I send is probably going to get lost in the shuffle and they're not going to like really absorb what I'm trying to say to them. So texting is a great way to just do, I'm thinking of you to let them know, or, you know, yeah. we still, we communicate with our kids, we Absolutely. do logistics or whatever, but the, logistics. The, yeah. yeah, but I also want to clarify something. So we were talking about sharing journals and then you mentioned your kids saving letters. You're not talking about the journals there. You're talking about letters you wrote to them. Yeah. So we definitely saved the journals. We have the journals in our homes, but my older daughter is in college. And so it's not really logistically feasible. She would have to go to the post office, mail me that journal back. And let's be honest, that's not going to happen. So that, you know, that journal hasn't come back. So, um, but she loves going to the post office and seeing that I read her a letter. She loves that. Um, and that makes me happy that she likes that. My 18 year old, who's a senior in high school, um, we haven't done the sharing journal. It's just something that I feel like in this season of her life, she just isn't really receptive to. I have gone and written something and in the journal and put it on her pillow and tried to kind of like see if we could bring that back, but it didn't get returned to me. And that's okay. I didn't say something to her about it. I didn't say, you know, why didn't you put that journal back on my bed? Because that's the whole point of the thing is to not have rules. And if she doesn't feel called to do it, then I have to respect that. Um, but that doesn't mean that I can't get a yellow sticky and write her something and put it on her mirror in her bedroom or that she doesn't write little notes to me and put it on my mirror in my bathroom or on my computer. So, you know, I think what we've done is we've throughout my daughter's lives, we've kind of gotten used to a pattern of expressing things to one another this way. And so it is a really, it has been for us a really beautiful way for us to communicate and let, let us, let each other know that we love and care about one another. So in your book, you talk about the three different types of letters. Could you share what those are and maybe a little bit about how you've used those to strengthen connection? Sure. So um, let me back up a little bit because I want to share kind of how this happened. Um, so my mom passed away when I was 28, a few weeks after I had my first daughter. It was devastating for me. And I just always felt that loss, that grief. And um, when my oldest daughter was about to go back to school, we were in my room and we discovered the mother-daughter journals, the sharing journals that we had had when she was young. And we were so excited by that. We opened them up and it was just amazing to be able to go back and hear like the voice of little Zoe, if 
if you will, um, and hear my voice as a young mom. And so later on, I thought, I wish I had something like that for my mom. And that's when I remembered that I had a Ziploc bag of letters, over a hundred letters that had landed in my adult home at the back of the drawer in my den. And finally, one day I had the courage to open that bag. And most of the letters were written by my mom. And when I opened that bag and started reading them, it changed my life because I felt like I was having a conversation with my mom. I could feel her personality. I could hear um, the wisdom and it just completely helped me find my peace with her death and get to know her a little bit better because there were so many little nuggets within the letters. But that also taught me that there are three kinds of letters. There's a um, just because letter, which is what most of the letters were, which are letters that are written just because you're just are thinking about someone you want to say hi, you want to share what's going on in your life. And those are the majority of the letters that she had written to me and that I really tend to write to my daughters. Then there was the special occasion letter. And that's a letter that is written at a special occasion. When I graduated from high school, when I got engaged, when, you know, at the time of a marriage, a, a christening, a birth, those are letters that are written and the, the writer wants to maybe go a little bit deeper and tell someone what they think about or what they want for that person to kind of mark that occasion. And then the last is what I call a legacy letter. And that's a letter that's written at to be read by the, the person when the, the writer passes away. And my mom did write me a legacy letter. She wrote me a letter that my dad gave me the morning of her funeral. And that letter was really, really short because she was very sick when she wrote it. But um, it's such an ultimate gift to give to people that you love and care about. But there's a lot of intention that you want to put into that letter. And I talk a lot about that in my book, like how to go about drafting one of those or journal prompts that can help someone, you know, if, if they feel like that touches their heart and they want to do that for the, the people that they love. And I uh, same thing. I don't want to, you know, spend what time we have going into the detail of that. And yet sure. I can see where that can be so incredibly valuable. How many people do we know who lose somebody close to them and they struggle with, oh my goodness, we had a fight. Those were our last words. Or we had this, you know, here's an adult. We had this unresolved thing from when I was a child or just those things that hang out there that it seems to me like a legacy letter can wipe clean. That can just give, like you said, give that gift to those who stay behind. Um, And the special occasion letters made me think of when I was reading about them. A lot of us do that in cards and don't really think about it being this, this letter. And so when I was reading your book, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to stop doing that inside of a card because in my world, there are multiple people writing in the card. There's not necessarily the space to say what I want to say. And so I like the idea of taking that outside of it. I have never been a letter writer and yet I see so much value in what you've shown us that, you know, the letters can bring into our lives. So how did how did letters um, impact your relationship with your girls? So after I, maybe because I had always received letters when I was growing up, maybe like subconsciously, I recognized like the value of that, like how it made me feel. Um, so I have always written little sticky notes to my daughters or written little letters to them. And I think that as they travel through their life, they've loved getting love letters from me, if you will. Um, you know, they've loved 
and, and saved a lot of those letters because they're meaningful and it makes them feel good. And, you know, if, if I can take five minutes and write a little letter to one of my daughters and it makes her feel good and she knows that I love and care about her, then why wouldn't I do that? And I, you know, I've tried to do that throughout their lives. And now that they're older, I love when I come downstairs and I see a little sticky note on my computer, because that shows me that my daughter loved getting letters from me. So like, she wants to do that for me. And, you know, she might write something like, I know you've got a big thing today. It's going to go great. Don't worry. You've got this, you know, just something like that. And in their teenage talk, if you will. Um, But, you know, that means a lot to me. And again, I think if we want to have close relationships with our kids, we have to try to do what we can in an intentional manner to let them know how much we care about them. Let, let them know that we love them, who they are and respect them. And so this is for me has just been another way to let my kids know that I, how I feel about them and boost their self-esteem, especially in those seasons, because there are different seasons of relationships with our kids. And it was a great tool to use, especially in more challenging seasons that I had with my daughters, especially as they were maybe traveling through some of those fun teenage years that a lot of your parents probably know what I'm talking about. And I'm so funny that you went there because that's what I was thinking about. And a potential pitfall that I see for us as parents in doing this is we're having a challenging time and we write a letter to them and maybe we're just telling them all that we love, you know, how much we love them, what we love about them, how proud we are of them, of that. And you may not get a response or you could even get a negative response from them. So as the parent on the receiving end, what do we need to know about that? Yeah. You know, we don't give to get. So I don't write a letter to get something back. So I think if you come at it from that perspective and you think, okay, this is what I want to tell my child, then you, you write the letter and they don't have to be super long. You know, in fact, less can sometimes be more, um, you know, our kids, if, especially if they, they're not used to getting this from you and you write like a three page letter, they're going to be like, what is happening? (laughs) So, you know, it doesn't have to be long, but you know, just, hi, wanted you to know I was thinking about you. I just feel like you're so special. And I want to tell you what I really like about your, just whatever. Um, but if they don't respond, you have to respect that. And that doesn't mean you don't try again. That doesn't mean that, you know, a couple of weeks later, you don't do it again. Because at the end of the day, like I'm the grown up, right? I'm, I'm almost 50. And I have to say to myself, like, okay, I'm not the 18 year old. I'm the almost 50 year old. And so I have to maybe, you know, act, act that, act that way and recognize that I'm not always going to get the responses that I want from my kids, but they're learning, they're growing and that's okay. Just, I think if parents remember you don't give to get, then you're not setting yourself up for a letdown. And it could be that you end up writing a series of letters throughout their teen years that never end up being acknowledged or reciprocated. Or like I said, there can even be a negative reaction. And we never know what our kids are doing. They go in their room, they could be pulling those out and reminding themselves when they're, you know, when they're at their lowest, they could be reminding themselves that mom cares, dad cares. There's somebody here who loves me or 
we might be starting to point out things, you know, some of the their better traits or abilities, and they just hadn't even recognized that yet. And they might not be ready yet to acknowledge that in themselves. And yet we've planted that seed and the other letters might be watering that seed. So as you said, we're not giving to get, I feel like we're giving to grow. We're giving to, to grow our, our relationship with them in a kind of under the ground, like the roots level. I love that. I love how you said that. And exactly. You never know what's going to stick and you never know the impact that it's going to have. But at the end of the day, like I want to do everything I can to boost my daughter's self-esteem and make them feel good about themselves and let them know how special they are to me. And the, you know, our kids are dealing with so many pressures on a day-to-day basis. So having that little nugget of goodness from a parent, even if they don't acknowledge it right away, I would be shocked if it didn't make them feel good. And, and so, you know, even if you don't get an immediate response, personally, I would be, be shocked if like six months down the road or, you know, eventually your child didn't say something to you about it and it didn't have a positive impact because I feel like they would really like it at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate you reminding us that there isn't a length to this. So if I like the idea, but I find it intimidating, I can just get, like you said, I can use sticky notes or I can get, you know, little tiny blank cards from my favorite store or the dime store or wherever, and just start using that. And maybe you start with the tiny little blank card and you're only writing on the bottom half. And then as you get more comfortable, you might fill up both in the back or you might not. It's you and your style. And I was also thinking, because I was actually, initially I was thinking it's about our kids. When you were talking about how your, you know, your daughters would come back and forth with you, you also said meet our kids where they are. And they might not be a writer, or maybe they're dyslexic. And that's actually challenging for them to read or write. So I'm just thinking, okay, let's take off kind of, I would say take off the blinders, but you know, let's knock down the walls of the box, meet your child where they are. So if you know, like reading is hard for them, then maybe do audio recordings for them and, you know, and leave that. You can leave a stick drive on their bed or whatever, um, or be on the lookout if your child is maybe they are reciprocating, but they're reciprocating in a different way. They're reciprocating through an action or maybe they're artistic. And so they're sharing photographs with you or drawings or, you know, maybe they're writing, but they're not writing a letter to you. They're writing poetry or something else, you know, just to be on the lookout for that feels like that's kind of the same thread that you're bringing. Absolutely. We all have different love languages. And I think, you know, recognizing that and being aware of where your child is. And I definitely believe, again, I know I've said this, but meeting them where they are, you know, if your child loves to bake, then I think if you baked something that they really liked, you know, that would make them like maybe pay attention and see that you went to the extra, you went the extra mile and maybe write a little note and say, you know, what you want to say, but put it on their favorite brownies or whatever. You know, I mean, I think it's just whatever your kids are into, whatever you think is going to respond at the end of the day, you're doing this because you want to grow your relationship with your kids. You want to connect with them. You want them to know how much you care about them. And I think if you always remember that, then you're going to, you're going to have positive results. Maybe not immediately, but again, our relationships with our kids, we're in it for the long haul, right? Um, I mean, we're growing, they're growing. And I liked how you said, you know, these are seeds that will 
help our kids continue as they grow and develop into the people that they, they're going to be. Yeah, I'm enjoying this idea. And, and I've sort of done pieces of this, you know, I did the little notes in the lunches when they were younger, and I do, you know, leave sticky notes and things, but I love the idea of, of growing it. And, and I think what it really is, is comes down to the first thing you said, which was be intentional about it. Yeah, I think that what I've done is like, yeah, it's good. And it's just haphazard. And especially now with my girls getting ready to fly the nest, I, I look back and I start seeing things. And that's when you start going, oh, you know, here's a hole, or I wish I'd done that differently. And I think this is a great way to help fill some of those holes moving forward. Yeah. And you know, when you say you look back and you think, I wish I had done this differently, I think we can all look back and say things like that, but it doesn't help us. It doesn't feel good when we feel guilty about things that we didn't do or we should have done. And, you know, I try to remind myself, I did the best that I could at the time. And, you know, I think if everyone just sort of like says that to themselves and recognizes that, you know what, our kids didn't come with a manual. (laughs) We did the best we could. And life maybe made that in different seasons harder than other seasons, but guilt doesn't do anything but make us feel badly. And so, you know, for everyone listening, I give you permission to release all the guilt that you're feeling and just, you know, focus on what you want to say to your kids today. Because today is what matters. Today is what we have. The past is in the past. But, you know, going forward, the future, that's what we can choose to impact right now. Beautiful, Dara. So tell us, where can we find you online? So my website is crazyperfectlife.com. I'm on Facebook at Crazy Perfect Life and on Instagram at Crazy Perf Life. And you can also email me if you have any questions, Dara at crazyperfectlife.com. Yeah, I've been enjoying your Instagram. That that's been good. I appreciate mm, that. And I you. appreciate you taking time to be with us here today. Oh, of course. Thank you for having me. And mighty parents, thank you for being here. Remember, if you're here, if you're listening, you are mighty parent and you got this. And I will see you next week. <laughs>